everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today we talk with the lead of Strength and Conditioning for Breaking Canada, Nick Robinson, who will be helping Canada's b-boys and b-girls get ready for the battles at the upcoming 2024 Olympics in Paris. Nick Robinson, a member of Groundwork Sessions, is a b-boy originally from Whitehorse, Yukon, who now resides in Toronto, Ontario as a personal trainer. Nick gives his insights into what it takes to be an Olympic athlete from his direct work training with them, his role in working with the future Canadian breaking Olympians, training for breaking specifically and what that entails, and just general fitness and dance talk. Really great to have Nick share his knowledge on training and conditioning. It's not every day that you get to talk with a high-level trainer who also knows the ins and outs of breaking specifically. Hope you all enjoy the talk. Peace. All right, we're here with Nick Robinson, a.k.a. The Alchemist, a.k.a. Breaker Nick, a.k.a. I don't know if you have any other names. Uh, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but these days you're just Nick Robinson, the personal trainer, the Olympic athlete trainer, the... Now, lead, what was it, strength and conditioning trainer for Breaking Canada? Yes, sir. Congrats on that. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so really excited to have you here. I think um, you'll have a lot to, a lot of really useful things for people to, to learn about with regards to just training and, and just like the Olympics in general with Breaking being added to the Olympics recently and everyone looking forward to the 2024 Olympics and stuff. So yeah, really happy to have you and excited to have you share your knowledge and experience in that, in that area, especially because you're a trainer who also breaks and who knows about breaking. Yeah. It's very rare. Mm, I no, think. I'm, it, yeah. Maybe, maybe relatively rare. I'm excited to chat to you too, man. Like we haven't connected yeah. in a while. So yeah. 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 I'm going to ask um, you some tough questions. Yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you mind just go, giving a little background information? Yeah, so my name is Nick, as you have been told. Um, I originally am from Whitehorse, Yukon. Well, I was actually born in Papua New Guinea, but I grew up in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is in the north of Canada. If you're not familiar with geography, it's like the northwest of Canada, kind of like bordering the top of BC and the coast of Alaska. Um, so grew up there. I'm from a crew up there called Groundwork Sessions or GWS crew. Um, and yeah, we grew up there b-boying. We had teachers from all over the place, uh, predominantly Toronto originally, a crew called ABS crew, uh, would come up there and coach us up as young guns. And yeah, from there I ended up moving to Toronto to pursue b-boying while also going to school. I went to UFT for... Uh, physical and health education, kinesiology, gym. and lived real, sorry, but yeah, yeah, gym, <laughs> <laughs> muscles, yeah. and uh, Dean likes to do, you like to do bicep curls, no? Oh, yeah, 
No, I don't do any. You're a bicep curl guy. I don't do any training. <laughs> I may I sit on the couch. Totally chopping. <laughs> I think I've seen you do a bicep curl like once. Maybe so could be. That's, but not not that boys need to do bicep curls though. That's the joke there. Uh, okay. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that's that is me. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, like uh, I talked a bit to I had Riley on. We got a little into a little bit about just white horse and and that experience, but I always think it's such a crazy thing that you guys what what was happening in white horse like for people who don't know at all like white horse again is like up north in Canada it's like a small i guess it's kind of a city it's big enough to be a city right we call it a city <laughs> so people who visit might say it's a town i don't know yeah like it's it's a really small city if anything like mm-hmm. and there there was basically one what studio is it leaping Feet? yeah there's there's a studio called leaping Feet. there's actually two dance studios ah. uh but only one of which had like you know b-boy and b-girling right right and whatnot yeah yeah which so, was leaping Feet's studio yeah, yeah. But it's just crazy, like what the what happened up there. Like they brought up all these people at first, like from Toronto, and you had like a you guys got like gymnastics training in the beginning too, right? Yeah, we were lucky to have Roche from ABS Crew, and he uh, he had been on Team Canada actually for gymnastics growing up. Crazy. And then transferred into b-boying, and so we had him. We had Mariano. Mm-hmm. So like ABS, Begatrix, and then Troy or Whiplash, who was ABS right. crew, but also had been like Super Nats and all that. Yeah. So we kind of had a lucky mixture off the bat, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And like you guys over the years, like your, what, what do you call them? Teachers, mentors are like so many different people and so many different like high level people. It's crazy that, that that all happened in this like tiny city in northern canada yeah we kind of we kind of joke that it became this like little like chamber like a little like cha- training like what's it called from dragon ball z i don't really know oh the, yeah, hyperbolic. the hyper, hyperbolic chamber yeah. right so because yeah you just had this bubble where like it was just popping off and like yeah. we would just we would i think we were lucky too in that like we didn't have that many distractions like mm-hmm we were in high school and like, you know, you're doing high school things mm-hmm. and playing some other sports and stuff like that. But for the most part, like we were training, like we were just mm-hmm. like getting it in. So that was, that was part of it too. Yeah. I think that's something too, that like, it's come up a lot with just really like good dancers or crazy thinkers or whatever. And just, it's, you see it a lot too with like, say the NHL, like a lot of people come from like small towns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. or probably basketball too like that what you just said was like there's very few distractions like i think that's a big thing with like being in a small town or being kind of isolated or whatever it's like you don't have you know all these crazy places to go and waste your time or like you know it's yeah, just, yeah. And, and the funny thing about that is like there actually is like we spent a ton of time like fishing like us growing up yeah, fishing, yeah. snowboarding all that of course right mm-hmm. so there's that to do so it's, i guess it's not that there's nothing to do but it is like the things you're doing don't take your time away or don't like 
don't distract. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We didn't spend that much time going to like movie theaters or like, there was no, like you didn't go to the mall and hang out. Like, yeah, exactly. A, like right. you wouldn't spend a Saturday doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and maybe it's part of the other side of things where like, there is a lot to do that's active and like, you know, growing right. up, um, there's a lot of research that suggests like being widespread and dynamic in like the stuff that you try mm -hmm. and trying a lot of variety growing up actually helps produce like better athletes or, or dancers in this case, whatever in the long run. Hmm. So that maybe could play into the fact that like, you know, you say, okay, so there's a lot of like NHL players from small towns, like, mm -hmm. yeah, they had like access to lakes and stuff like that, but these guys would have grown up skiing and snowboarding and like doing mm -hmm. other sports and moving. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, I always thought that was yeah. interesting that there's a lot of people that come from like these smaller towns and stuff that are really they just have like crazy work ethic and dedication to what they do, which is really cool. Hmm. Um but yeah, like Cypher for Change and you know, Whitehorse was always like a big not always, like there was a few years at least in my experience, where it was like this strange hub for all of Canada every year. It was like everyone would go up there and like that's where we got some of the first sort of interactions like between all of all of Canada, like east to west, like Halifax to Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, there was a few years where Cypher for Change. It started with the first jam that you guys came up to. Mm -hmm. We threw was Klondike Heat. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of covered, yeah, most of Canada, I think. Yeah. And then the next year, uh, the structure changed and we got different funding and it, it became Cypher for Change. But yeah, I, that was a really cool period of time. It's still Cypher for Change is still happening. Um, yeah. Riley threw it like this year again, him and my brother Alex and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. hopefully post pandemic, hopefully it can grow again. into like a big, yeah. 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 But it's, it's cool to see like what they've still been doing. Like I see Riley and, and, uh, what is the MC's name? I forget his name. Calvin. Calvin. Yeah. And like yeah. just the, the cool stuff that they've got going, like it's just people like sessioning and there's like a live drummer and, and, live music and like it just you wouldn't oh. expect that from the small town in like northern canada it's just it's so cool i was i always really love that about whitehorse and what you guys are doing there it's definitely it's definitely a vibe yeah that's yeah. for sure yeah um i want to yeah talk a kind of move into your your time with like you at u of t and just getting into kinesiology and that kind of thing and like yeah, well, like what what was it? I mean, I'm pretty sure I can guess why you got into it. But yeah, what was it that made you want to go with that? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, like you would probably guess, I guess the root, the root motivation was that I really like found the human body interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but that definitely came from a position of like always playing sports growing up. I played mm -hmm. a lot of soccer and did a lot of like snowboarding stuff. And then obviously got like, heavy into b-boying and training um and actually when i finished high school my mom made me take a year off she's like the rule is you take a year off before you go to do a year of university huh. so that was her and I, at that time i had no idea what i was going to do i literally i would have applied to engineering probably just been like yeah i'll just like whatever 
Um, so that year off was actually great. Like I took a couple different high school courses. I took like a, a biology course that I had in, that was like a human body, basically a bio course. Hmm. I took a couple, a couple other courses that ended up being prereqs to the kinesiology program at huh. U of T, uh, by mistake, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, man, I really like that. Like kind of like human bio course. I really like enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. So then I was talking to someone and, um, yeah, it just was like, well, maybe look at kinesiology. And I was like, what? I was like, what the hell is kinesiology? <sighs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I did that. And that's kind of how I, I got into it. I mean, like I was taking b-boying really seriously. So like, honestly, if there had been like, you know, how York has a dance program. Okay. If there had been like a big b-boying component, like actually there is more so now that, that Mary is running up there, but Mary Fogarty, but anyways, oh, okay. yeah. um, I might have even gone that route, but this made sense. It was, I really liked sciences. It was science-based, of course, like whatever. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up applying to it. And I chose Toronto. I chose U of T because uh, I wanted to come to Toronto because like the guys like that I mentioned before, like Roche, Mariana, Troy, they're all here. Mm-hmm. So they were like, hey, come down here. You can train at the same time. We could do gigs, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you can go to school. I was like, that sounds pretty sick. Yeah. And you've gone like pretty far in with your your studies, right? Like did did you get a PhD in this thing? I did not. I okay. I uh considered it for like a hot second and then yeah. I, I backed out. But I did go back after uh-huh. we lived in Vancouver and we spent time out there. Yeah. Um came back out to Toronto and um ended up going back for a master's, yeah. Crazy. So I did a, like a research-based um, muscle physiology master's in like the exercise science department at U of T. Hmm. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a process. Like I was running my business full time, my training business uh, simultaneously. So that was a bit of a grind for two is, and a bit years. Is that one like just you like, or like your own business? Yeah, yeah. My training business is just myself. So I haven't worked right. for anyone since I lived in Vancouver. Wow. Was there any so reason for that? Kind of... Like you, you just wanted to do it? You wanted to try it out? Yeah, I think I just wanted to try it out. I was I I loved I loved uh where I worked in Vancouver. I loved I worked at Steve Nash Sports Club there. And I loved my coworkers, I loved my boss, like it was dope. There was nothing like that. But I just thought, you know what, like um Give it if a shot. i could do this on my own i might as well yeah exactly mm-hmm. and um yeah so that's what i did i mean and then with my clients it was kind of like oh this is nice i have the freedom to to you know build a contract or not build a contract i have the freedom to um you know make the rules like these are the ground rules this is how i run my business so i kind of like that and uh just kind of went from there yeah nice nice yeah, yeah. and like you've yeah you've done really well and I've been seeing just some of the random things that you post and share and it's cool. Like you've, you've got some, some pretty, what is, I don't know what to call it, like high profile <laughs> clients, but like real, like Olympic athletes is, is what I'm trying to get at is mm-hmm. you've got, you, you're training like really high level people. And uh, I was wondering, yeah, if you could maybe talk a little bit about just that, that experience of, of what it's like to train, help train an Olympic athlete and like their mindset, your yeah. mindset. Yeah, no, it, um, it's really, it's a really cool experience. I, I've been working with, so 
Paul Poirier and Piper Gillis for the last five, we've just realized it's been five years. Yeah. Um, so Paul actually was a member of Team Canada at the Vancouver Olympics. I think he was the youngest member on Team Canada at the time. Uh, they're ice dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him and Piper partnered up later on. They went to the um, Pyeongchang Olympics together mm-hmm. and uh, we're gunning for Beijing, obviously uh next year but anyways yeah no working with them is a it's a super cool experience i mean you have to you really realize that your job is like it's secondary you're there to support the athlete Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you know it's not uh you know their goals in the gym don't really matter unless they translate into their case onto the ice Mm -hmm. um and you kind of realize that quickly like these guys are professionals these guys like um, you know, come in with a crazy work ethic. There's not really that many days where you have to, you know, I guess motivate would be the term. They come in ready to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's, but at the same time, like it's really fun because they're like through and through athletes and they, they understand movement on a whole nother level. So mm-hmm. you can like come up, you can like work with new movements for instance and have them, look at it and like they get it like you know right right uh and you just see the difference between like even someone who's a casual athlete and that you're like mm-hmm. it's very noticeable but anyways they're a pleasure to work with and getting to work at that level is really rewarding i'd say like you know the appreciation the athletes always appreciate your work mm-hmm. um and uh yeah yeah it's, it's a cool experience for sure yeah like sometimes i think just maybe it's it's the the weird place that like dance in general is in where it's like it's this athletic thing but it's also super artistic and creative and like i feel like sometimes maybe i'll just speak from like a breaking perspective that a lot of times like people don't take that side of things seriously like the the athletic side or the training side or or treating it more like a sport not to say that it's a sport but it definitely has Mm -hmm. you know elements of sport and athleticism in it right and so taking that stuff seriously is like yeah people don't always do that (laughs) totally Uh, yeah uh, yeah dude i for sure i think there's a couple of reasons i mean uh i've always approached it like of course to me like b-boy and b-girl and breaking whatever you want to call it um is an art form like first and foremost it's a dance it's an art Mm -hmm. form Mm -hmm. but it's one that requires your body like so the more things your body can do and the more access you have to whatever type of movement you want to do the more creative you can be yeah so why not why not approach that side of it in a way that allows you to have the best tool possible to Mm -hmm. create your art is kind Mm -hmm. of my view on that yeah yeah i totally agree like that's something that um just in in more recent years and especially as i'm getting older and stuff and it's like you can't just like i don't know if you did this when you were younger you just like go to practice and like just start just throw down well like you know mark would do that all the time you see him at practice he just starts like tossing his body around and like you know you can do that for a while but uh especially when you get older it's like you know, you heal slower, it's wear and tear and stuff like that. And, you know, you got to start, 
if you hadn't already, you got to start paying attention to that kind of stuff if you want to keep totally. going. Yeah, totally. And you know, yeah, exactly. There's Mark, like, oh, my knee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you thought about this? Have you thought about like yeah, training, yeah. conditioning, muscle stuff? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can look at strength conditioning from like various perspectives because it also provides, you know, uh, injury prevention at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it has a performance side to it where, you know, you can whatever, maybe you have more pop in your push, maybe you have more rotational power, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. But at the same time, we want your joints to be more stable. We want your mm -hmm. shoulders to be able, more robust and more stable in different range of motion, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. both sides of it. And, and I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call, of course, I would call breaking a sport, but I do think, you know, you need your body to do it. So why not condition yeah. it in that way? Yeah, the best know? way I've heard it put is like, it's not a sport, but it has elements of sport or elements yeah. of that you know it's like totally things don't always fit perfectly into categories and dance is like a great example of that where it's it's sort of in both realms right but one mm -hmm. thing that that i want to kind of touch on too is that you just mentioned earlier was uh yeah just like it's not just about the performance and like you can you can you know do this physical thing or you can spin faster you can you can contort into this thing or i don't whatever but like it's about giving your body free more freedom of expression through through the strength through the mobility through the stability you can do more things thus unlocking more um like pathways for you to to create right so it's like totally. there is that artistic uh, benefit to like all this strength and conditioning too. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly like you might be like, Oh, it'd be really ill if I could like go from here to here to here. But like, if your shoulder can't hold it up, then you're yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. You might say to your buddy who can do it, Hey, yo, why don't you try this? <laughs> but, yeah. but like, yeah, to me, the, the illest dancers are of course, like the ones with like, you know, like style and you're actually dancing and you're zoning and you're in the music. And yeah, mm -hmm. like, to me, like if, to me personally, if you don't have that, then you're not, you're not yeah. like, you don't got it. No, but, yeah. but like, if you stack the rest of the stuff on top, now you got someone who can zone on that and just like huck a one arm air flare for yeah, you yeah. too. Like, why not? Well, so anyway, it's, it's the same thing with like, if you're looking at say sport, you have the trainer who's doing like, yeah, strength and conditioning, mobility, whatever, that kind of stuff. But you also have like a coach who's, who's helping them with like i don't know as an example like i was reading this thing about like michael phelps and his coach mm -hmm. and like they would re-watch the tapes and like basically like memorize everything and he knew exactly like how many strokes he or whatever you want to call strokes yeah mm -hmm. uh, he it took for this size pool and like there's a story of one competition where his like goggles started to take on water for some reason so he had to do the race like either blind or partially blind and, and it but, didn't matter because but knew. it didn't matter because yeah exactly he had that kind of like habit that was drilled into him of like he could he could visualize the entire race in his like without a, a pool and so like that kind of eating breakfast exactly right and so like that's the other side of it too it's like this whole mental side of things and or dealing with the pressure like i was just watching this <clears throat> thing on uh what's her name the tennis player naomi osaka yeah there's like some documentary on her 
and yeah, just I talking, watch that. yeah, yeah, and it was just going a little bit into like you know she lost some competition and then her giving her thoughts on it and she was like I was you know couldn't concentrate couldn't focus and I was like too worried about this other thing or something like that and it's like this is a lot especially at those high levels like yeah you need that physical aspect of it but you also need <clears throat> the the like mental strength to deal with the the pressure of like you know totally. well, being in those situations right there's even the parallel you could draw that kind of like brings the creativity in where okay you have like say a strength coach or something like that for a soccer player who like makes sure that the player is powerful and mm -hmm. explosive and injury injury prevention and all that and then you have like you said the coach who like will work on like you know whatever but they work on plays and then there's the creative aspect that the player has where if you watch a game and like maybe an announcer is like oh like you know like brilliant like how did he think of that you know what i mean like mm -hmm. he'll pull some play out or he'll see some creative way to get through a situation yeah. yeah and like that's that's creativity and he's able to do it because he or she they're able to do it because their body has the strength to do that right so yeah yeah i think so or like, basketball is a huge one like you see dudes who are like so and girls who are so creative right mm -hmm. like and and they're doing stuff. It's like it's like art in a sense. They're seeing yeah. pathways that other people aren't seeing. There there was one thing with um, I think it was like Vince Carter talking about this one specific play where it was like this crazy alley oop, and <clears throat> it's you know it's not just basketball and it's not just sports, and you see it a lot in particular with dance because and especially breaking because it's so like in the moment. You don't know what song is going to happen. You don't know what the other person is going to do and that kind of thing. And like, in a lot of ways, it's all about finding that, like, you know, people have different words for it, being in the zone, in the pocket, in like flowing or whatever, that kind of thing. But it's that kind of thing where all of your training and, and practices come to this one moment where it's just automatic and all of it just like pops into your head. This is the moment where I have to do this. Oh, the ball's yeah. coming up here. Like I've done this a million times. Like, and you don't have to say anything. It's like a cipher. It just happens, and you that's know, I'm sure cipher. for you that's happened. B-boying, right? Like where you're just yeah. like, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, well, remember we call it going to Pluto, but like, <laughs> you you know, you're just you're just uh, you're like you're orbiting, right? And it's just like coming out of you. Yeah, yeah. And like you're yeah. you're in flow, that like flow state, you know. So, yeah, but I, I really yeah. think that that doesn't happen unless you you have like strong, this is like what I've and and maybe you have some insight on this of like, the more, the better, you know, you're like, say fundamentals and the deeper, you know, your fundamentals, the easier it is to just kind of like build off of those and, and create off of that. And like, you know, your mind will just start to see like, okay, I have this position or this move. And like something will just kind of like trigger and it's like, oh yeah, what if I went that way? What if I went this way? And you Tweak start to see way. like a billion different ways of, of doing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And like if, you know, where my interest comes in is that if your body can't uphold those ideas and you can't do them, then, yeah. you know, you can't bring them to fruition. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I think maybe a lot of people have that that those thoughts were like, oh yeah, what if I did this? What if I did this? But then when they go to try it, their body is not ready to do it, it mm -hmm. or it just physically yeah. can't do it. You're not flexible enough. You're not strong enough. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then the next day you're limping around. <laughs> the next day you didn't get the move and you're limping around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Insult to injury. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's kind of my my view on that too. I think we align there. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think like it's something that especially now a lot of dancers are hopefully starting to think about is the training in that sense training to be able to not only just do more things do things faster do things like whatever but also to help your creativity to help your mm-hmm. uh yeah you know, your just general ability in dance and not just the purely physical side yeah yeah no 100 percent. and that that is actually where it comes in that like the training has to be specific to the the art or the sport whatever we want to call it the dance it has yeah, to be specific yeah, to it yeah. but it also has to be uh specific to the individual so like mm-hmm. you know of course we don't want to we don't want to like if someone's breaking like we don't want to add a ton of weight to their legs for instance we want to build strong robust legs that still have a lot of movement and aren't heavy you know mm-hmm. things like that so like that's where like the specificity starts to come in for that particular discipline mm-hmm. yeah um, and i think that's and varies between people too yeah but like that's why i think it's it's cool to have you as like one of the main people to, in, involved in i guess like canadian olympic breaking as the, in the on the training side because you have that uh high level of knowledge about kinesiology and bod- the body and, and movement and stuff like that but you also have the actual real experience of like actually doing the dance knowing mm-hmm. what what is necessary for this dance to ex- or to excel at the dance or whatever yeah 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 no i i i'm pretty excited to start like combining it and i have been like ever since i started training um <clears throat> i have always been working with dancers it was just a natural progression mm-hmm. uh because my friends were dancers and my network was dancers yeah you know? Yeah. So I kind of have steadily been and, and kind of dancers of all different disciplines, like mm-hmm. some ballet dancers, some contemporary, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And um, over the years, I've just like gotten like increasingly like promising or like interesting results, um, you know, to the point where there's a contemporary dancer here in Toronto, Lauren Cook. I don't know if you know Lauren, but she uh she um is in a dance group called alias and then uh, she also teaches at ryerson okay um but yeah so anyways like we were getting these results where like her strength was through the roof and like alias has a lot of partner work mm-hmm. you know and she would be teaching a workshop and everyone's like like what the hell are you like how are you doing that right right and we're i'm watching her at the workshop being like like she's working at like 50% man. Like, I, like <laughs> she's not even, she's not even like sweating here. Like, you know, but it was, yeah. it was cool because she really like dove in and like really gave me the time. Like we worked a lot together mm-hmm. to the point where it was like, all right, like this is like a, this is, this, this is working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I was been working with like, like B boys and B girls throughout as well. So it kind of just like kind of built and built and, and, um, I, so I hope to like draw on all that mm-hmm. and like really dive into it further this time and like really like yeah so yeah w- yeah do you mind I don't know how much you can say or whatever but like your role in in this breaking Canada kind of uh, training and 
training and conditioning coach. Yeah, like what does that in, entail? Like what is sort of your role there? Yeah, I mean, obviously like Breaking Canada is just, it's new and, and they're figuring out how it's going to function and I'm sure how it will react or sorry, interact or be a part of say like Team Canada. I'm not sure like they're working on all that still and how that's going to mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. But my role either way would be that once the athletes are identified or sorry, use the word athletes there but dancers, artists, whatever, That's once right. they're identified, I just keep thinking of it because I'm thinking of the performance side, right? Right. right. Um, once they're identified, then, um, yeah, my role just becomes to literally like support them from a strength conditioning point of view in mm -hmm. growing throughout those three years. Right. So leading up to Paris, right? So, you know, I don't know, for instance, like, how they'll dick how they're deciding for sure who the athletes are going to be or right. dancers i don't know how i don't know how um far out they're going to determine like who's actually going you know all these things but yeah yeah um the idea is that i'll end up with you know a group that we say okay like this is kind of the group let's start supporting these guys these, these guys and girls and um yeah building them towards paris 2024 and cool and um, from a strength conditioning perspective, like you kind of break things down into quads. So you actually want to try to program to have those uh, those dancers peak in 2024 during the Olympics. So you, you actually right, look at right. like where someone you want them to be and you try to dial all the way back, say three years in this in this case. Crazy. Um, so that's what you would do if you had for sure, like, okay, here's your five B boys, here's your five B girls, mm -hmm. and you're going to work with this team for the next three years. But because mm -hmm. it's just new and we're not exactly sure, I you know, can't do that quite yet. But anyways, we're getting started. Um, there's a few dancers who I think they've identified that I'll start working with a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're hoping to start doing some strength conditioning work in September, I believe. So I'm just kind of... cool. Yeah, holding off on that a little bit and planning yeah. it out. Um, you know, it's obviously going to be spread across the country and that you're going to have dancers from different areas, most likely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just figuring out how that would work logistically. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, obviously, everyone is like quite good with like virtual stuff now due to the unfortunate yeah. pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, because of that, yeah, I mean, I've gotten quite proficient with like virtual training now. So I think we'll be able to make that work, even though like Canada is a large country and you're going to have people spread around. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's literally it. My job is just provide support, mm -hmm. do as much planning as I can around it with the moving pieces that I know and mm -hmm. and just, yeah, go with the flow and make it happen. <laughs> really. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then... From there, I, I'm kind of curious, like, and you don't have to go into super detail about exactly what you're going to do, but <clears throat> when it comes to training and breaking specifically, what are some of the kinds of like exercises, activities, things that people should think about or, st or that you might do with the, the, the dancers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, the the easiest way to look at that and just from like a overview perspective yeah, is... Like, imagine like, just, I don't know anything, which is kind of true. I don't yeah. really know anything about training. So talk to me like I'm like five years old. 
Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you're not five years old, but. <laughs> well, Dean. <laughs> um, no, like, like I mean, okay. At the end of the day, you want the the basics are that you want to make sure that someone has clean movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to make sure obviously that someone has like strong and robust movement and strong joints and all that and the muscles surrounding the joints to support them so those are kind of like your basics and from there you want to start making sure that people are powerful in certain movements or mm-hmm. explosive in other ones they need to be depending on what it is so you kind of can look from a very basic perspective of your primary movements like for instance a squat pattern like a hinge pattern a push pattern and a pull pattern what is you a know, hinge and you pattern? Break. So a hinge pattern is literally like, like <laughs> if you were to imagine, if you were to imagine like a deadlift pattern, for instance. Uh, okay, okay. So these are all like that's oh, a yeah, very okay, basic strength conditioning. Like that's not specific to to breaking at all. Mm-hmm. But even though that's not specific to breaking, like if you had someone and they were you were working with them fresh, you would start out with these patterns and and take a look at these because they're like primary human movements mm-hmm. um yeah and build a base that way and then start looking at that individual that individual dancer and looking at you know what areas nag them like maybe even as specific as what moves do they do that require what of their right shoulder mm-hmm. you know how can we make that more stable what uh what moves do they do where they need to have an right. explosive pop you know like you can get mm-hmm. specific with it in that sense yeah um yeah and and of course, like minding their mobility and not stiffening them up through training. Right, right. Um, but I would say it's not it's it's not your classic like you're not going to be doing a lot of like bicep curls and tricep <laughs> kickbacks. It's not that kind of work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then this the the um, the side of it where you work on like fatigue resistance and the fact mm-hmm. that like that like breaking is an anaerobic dance right right and so yeah that's what that's one thing i wanted on. to ask about mm-hmm. is like uh, yeah like because it's very it's like bursts of energy and it's very like explosive and it's not sort of like one of those you know like marathon running where it's like long distance kind of maintaining mm-hmm. something whatever um so is there anything that yeah you you would do with regards to that specifically yeah i mean what uh what we've used with a lot of different dancers and especially with b-boying and b-girling is is looking at you know it's an anaerobic sport meaning that like you said it's bursts you have an intense burst say 30 seconds for a round ish and then a quick recovery and you want to assume let's just assume they're going to be in a one-on-one because if you're fit for a one-on-one then you're going to be fit for a two-on-two for sure right yeah yeah so (laughs) looking at it from that perspective and, and working on their ability, it's actually their ability to uh, work at a higher capacity before they produce lactic acid. And then, um, and then increase, sorry, my video flick there. I got to plug my phone in in, in a bit. Uh, working at a higher capacity before they start to produce lactic acid, then getting better at buffering that lactic acid they're producing during their round. And then getting better at getting rid of it really quick to get them back to baseline before they do their next round. Hmm. Um, so you do that by by stressing the energy system that you would use. But um, I like to use a lot of things that aren't actually the dance for that because I find that like 
it's a lot of wear and tear on the joints and the knees or something to tell someone like, oh, plus on top of all your normal training and all this stuff, I also want you like four times a week to do 10 rounds back to back. Like that's a lot of wear and tear, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I like to use modalities that get at the energy system in a similar way, but don't mm-hmm. have the same stress on the joints. So like mm-hmm. even simple things like simple, like hill sprints, treadmill sprints, different mm-hmm. plyometric conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, battle ropes, you see like MMA guys using right, right. Um, that type of stuff that we can we can stress the energy system that we need to mm-hmm. and get the result we want without bothering the body essentially. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause, uh, breaking is very, very heavy on that joint stress and, and yeah, you, it's, it's, it's hard on the body, right? It's wear and tear on the, on the joints, man, like wrists and shoulders and knees and ankles. Like it is like mm-hmm. hey, the body can take a beating like it really can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you just gotta, you gotta look after it. And I, I do find like, you know, there's, is a culture of like overtraining in, in, in breaking, breaking. Huh. There is, there's this culture of like overtraining more is always better. More is always better. Hey, and I'm not one to be like, Hey, like, let's be soft. I'm not <laughs> saying that, like, let's go. But, um, Sometimes more is not better, and I find that like a lot of times, the injuries come from like overtraining. Right, right. Um, yeah. Can you can you go into a little more about that, like, in a in a very general sense, like, yeah, what what's sort of like a decent sort of like schedule or something like that that mm. people might be able to kind of build around or something like that. I guess it would depend on the yeah. person too, right? <laughs> depends on the person, depends on how they recover, depends on their age. Mm-hmm. Um, but depends on like their nutrition, of course, like your nutrition and all that plays in. But, um, you know, rule of thumb, you know, you want, say in a seven day week, you want, you know, one day of like total rest, for hmm. instance. Um, you know, depending on your practice intensity. So like if someone's training, um, you know, at like a medium intensity, perhaps you want to say like, okay, let's cap it at like three hours a day tops type thing versus like, if it's like a really intense session, like let's look at that. Let's realize that we're going to have a super intense session. Let's dumb, like, let's drop the volume down. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, like, you know, with, with, uh, dancers of this level, or like, say, if you look at also like professional athletes, like these people are there because they're hard workers. Mm-hmm. so yeah. sometimes you catch them like working too hard and they're wearing <laughs> themselves down and then you're like you're like hey you know what like i want you to take a rest day like take a bath you know go on a walk crush a bunch of coconut water whatever get in the, in the sun right yeah. and then i want you to go in tomorrow and see how you feel and they'll call and be like holy shit like <laughs> i'm flying and you're like yeah i i told you you wouldn't be like I didn't mean to say I told you so, but like I told you, know. Um, yeah, like I think so that's, something, anyways, just, that's something that like uh, a lot of people forget about is is like rest and time away can not even just like physical stuff, but you know when it comes to just mental you know, mental health and things like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. taking a break from something is really healthy, and it just gives you time to like reset, relax, get back to like your kind of like normal self and then you come back to it fresh and your your mind is ready or your body's ready if you're doing mm-hmm. training and stuff like that like yeah rest is super and, super useful yeah and i think like 
you know, it's, it's like maximizing like the quality when you are training, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, cause like 10 hours of, of an amazing practice is going to be better than like 15 hours of like, nah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just is. So like, as long as you're getting what you need from like a physiology standpoint, like conditioning standpoint and all that, and then you're getting the, the enough time in to like work on your, your moves, work on your sets, whatever, and like be creative that's all happening then mm-hmm. then you're going to be good you know it's just like and it's having someone to like look at that for you and, mm-hmm. and tell you because it's hard when you're in it you yeah know? yeah as the dancer or you know it's hard when you're in it and you're just like okay i gotta train okay i gotta train you know like that's it but if you have someone looking at your week for you and being like okay like this day do this this day do this then it's like i feel like it's a stress reliever as well and you just know okay i'm gonna stick to the program trust the process trust the process mm-hmm. you know so yeah yeah. and i think there's like a weird thing with breaking too that like because it's very sometimes like very individualistic like Mm -hmm. like i want to do this i want to be here this kind of thing and like sometimes or there's a lot of ego in there too where it's like Mm -hmm. people don't always want to learn from someone else they're like well i'll just figure it i'll learn it i'll i'll you know, figure it out myself. I don't need someone telling me how to do it, which is like why sometimes workshops are like, no one goes to them. You know? They're empty. Yeah. They're empty. Or they're only for like people who are still like beginners or something like that. Those are the people that really want to do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I noticed that a lot of the people that get to these really high levels, they almost always have some kind of like, mentor someone who showed them the ropes someone who helped guide them and like i think if you have that mentality of i can do everything on my own that kind of thing you're not going to go very far like yeah there's a a ceiling on that totally like because why not draw on like all this other knowledge that's around that like people already Mm -hmm. figured out yeah exactly yeah but you know like of course like no one wants like you don't want to be at session like in the zone and someone comes up oh yo like try this yeah right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah i agree with that like yeah, yeah for sure yeah. but like definitely like going you know to someone and saying like hey like what, what do you think about this or like yeah like people you trust or something people that yeah you've maybe naturally built with that kind of thing i think it's super useful getting real like quality feedback someone's opinion that you value and you know then they can they can actually help with you know your creativity or your your things that you're lacking in a battle or whatever or in your case like someone who's doing training physical training that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and they can you can see yeah. like you said sometimes that outside perspective is really useful yeah there's like there's a reason why not that this is the same but there's a reason why for instance doctors aren't allowed to like uh self-diagnose because when it's you you know it changes the psychology it changes your ability to like analyze the situation a bit mm-hmm. because you're you're in it you're the one that's mm-hmm. in it yeah you know but also so, yeah you have your own inherent biases that you've built up over the totally. years and stuff like that or you might overlook something because you're just so used to it that you don't even think about it whereas someone else would be like mm-hmm. whoa why the hell are you doing that 
or like what the hell right. is this thing that's like growing on the back of your head or i don't know whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. totally not that you yeah. know. well it's always been there i just never thought about it like, yeah i just like you know like you know exactly. it's that kind of thing oh that that's albert but no yeah, like, yeah, exactly um uh, yeah yeah i find that like i do get a lot of dancers like you know like often every week really like you know someone will reach out and like oh what do you think about this or that mm-hmm. and and so I, I think that, and like, you know, as I've gotten more and more busy with, with training and whatever, like, I think that like I, my ability to, to like work on that kind of stuff has decreased because I don't, you know, I might be tired or don't have the time or whatever, but I think this is going to be a cool opportunity to actually say like, okay, like I'm going to dedicate this amount of time. We're going to like work with these dancers and wh- however else that's working and um actually like really zone it in and like and level up mm-hmm. so i'm excited about that yeah that's pretty cool that's um, really exciting um no all, all i was saying is is like that idea of of having like you know a team to work with and and some more like focused actual structured um programming mm-hmm. is like it's a really cool experience i got to experience it like the year before the pandemic, I worked for Netflix and I trained the cast of like a Netflix TV show. Um, and it's a superhero show. It's called Jupiter's Legacy. It's actually out now on, on Netflix. And Ooh, little promo there. Um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> actually, it has not been renewed for season two, sadly. But uh, it was it was a really cool experience because you know production trusted me and they just said, hey, like here's the cast, like train them, you know, this many days a week, full time throughout filming of the whole season. So like, wow, that was, it was an experience where like, yeah, I had like a tight group of people. I mean, that that was, I think shot for nine months or something like that. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I I think in a sense, like it's, it's similar when you get a group of people all who are, even if they're scattered around the country who are similar mindset and are working and I can actually help with like dive in and, and kind of, you know, program for them i think it's gonna be a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's really cool um yeah one one thing that i was thinking about before <clears throat> when you were just talking about training people and like looking at the specifics of like their movement and things like that one thing i was kind of curious about is like you know when it comes to say well breaking specifically there's like there's a form, but then there's kind of like, well, that's your form too. Like certain Mm. things are like, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't matter. And so like, are there, are there any things that like, for example, stuff like, you know, you're doing footwork and you're flat footed or you're flat palmed or you're, uh, I don't know, certain things like that. Like, are those things that you, how do you approach that? Would you correct it? Or would you just be like, okay um yeah that's like your form you work within it or something like that yeah i i think that uh i think again like that comes back to like my job in anything like in this working with dancers or working with athletes is literally like just to support them in a strength conditioning setting Mm -hmm. so like if that's your like if that's how your footwork looks and that's your style that's your that's your thing like Mm -hmm. i think my job is to not mess with that like Mm -hmm. but to try to support it for instance, if someone breaks, I don't know, if someone breaks flat-handed, let's just example, 
and maybe because of that, their wrists get more sore or something, mm-hmm. just randomly, right? Yeah. Then, you know, I don't think my job is to tell them like you can't do footwork flat-handed because that's their art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I don't think footwork should be flat-handed, but you know, <laughs> I might be like, yo, like personally, I think that's kind of whack. But like, hey, that's your that's your thing. No, but but uh, my job in that case would be like, okay, let me make let me try and work on the muscle groups in their forearms and whatnot to make their wrists stronger so that they don't get sore wrists, right? Right, right. So I think that the job is to support what they're doing and mm-hmm. and you know like. If they're at that level already and they're, you know, they're at the top of the game in Canada and, and all that, like then what they're doing is working for them. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, true. So true. unless unless I was hired like, OK, like, you know, if you were hired, say they hired Dean as like footwork coach. I think now your job is, OK, like, let's like break your footwork down. Let's like fix your form, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, like it looks like shit. No, but but flat-handed and you know, but um, yeah, like as a strength conditioning coach, I don't think yeah, my role is just literally like whatever your style is, whatever like and okay, if we're in the gym and we're squatting with weight on your back, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna make sure you have a neutral spine, right? Because yeah. you're in the gym and you got weight on your back, but that doesn't mean yeah. that doesn't mean when you're doing footwork, I. I think you should have a neutral spine. I think you should make your footwork look however you want it to look. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're not like, like hurting yourself, right? Yeah. If if they keep getting injured, it's like okay, like this is this could be why. Maybe try changing that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like if it's just a style thing and it's not mm-hmm. hurting them, then like okay, it's mm-hmm. dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, in a training setting, like I'm definitely like a stickler to like specific form, mostly for the 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 reason that like you know in the gym it's not a style thing we just we want the effects out of that movement the best effects we can get and we want it to be performed in the safest manner as well right mm-hmm. so in that case okay i have a specific way we want you to do it but yeah like yeah. i think this is one of the one of the cool things about the olympics breaking being the olympics like you know i don't really care for it but i don't mm-hmm. think it's a necessarily a bad thing like mm-hmm. you'll get more people thinking about these kinds of things maybe you'll get people even researching stuff like this more i'm sure it's happened yeah. in the past but you know just there's more information there's more clarity of like well, what's what's the right way to proceed with this like you know for a lot of time like breaking is just kind of like well we just do whatever like and and it's led it pretty far right but yeah. I think that having a little more structure sometimes in certain areas would help it like tremendously, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. organization with what's going on with the judging systems and federations, if that leads to like leagues or things like that. Like that's one thing I know people have tried that before, but that's one thing that I saw talked about with like, you know, prelims where there's like, 400 people entering and stuff like that and like 90 percent of them shouldn't be there that kind of thing but if you had say a league and people qualify it's like and then people get seated into this larger event this kind of thing like that makes more sense and then but you know there it's it's complicated and there's a lot of ins and a lot of ins and outs a lot of what have yous for sure and like like yeah, like I'm I'm sure there's you know there's pros and cons like for sure, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
so I think it's going to be interesting. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, I think it can be a good thing. Yeah, and like I'm excited again, like for the opportunity from a conditioning standpoint to like see what some focused some focused work can do to help certain people level up in different ways. Yeah, yeah. So sure. like for me, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Should be interesting. I think that's kind of basically a lot of the stuff that I want to talk to you about. I mean, there's more. There's a ton more stuff that we could get into, but um, I have one more thing. It says um, like backflips and cartwheels. Did you could you get into a little bit about that? No, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> You did, a, you did a couple in in a few shows. I I think you did a couple cartwheels. I maxed out at like two. <laughs> but I, I think there was one one show where I got like twelve cartwheels. Yeah, I think there was one <laughs> where it was like your solo, and you did almost entirely cart cartwheels. We challenged you to do that. Yeah. Okay, how many can you squeeze into this one solo? You got like and still six kind or something. of make it look like you're breaking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh my god! This kind of thing reminds me of um, like for, okay, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we used to do shows all over BC. Like, I don't know, was that like six, seven years ago, or eight years ago? It was a while ago. Yeah, now. that that was 2013, <clears throat> I think. Jeez, yeah, yeah, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did these shows and they were in schools, elementary schools, high schools. And like we do sometimes like three shows in a day and it's the same show over and over and over. And a lot of times, like for anyone who hasn't done that, like when you do that many shows, stuff gets super boring and routine and you try and find stupid ways of like making it interesting. <laughs> that was one of the ways that we did it. How many challenges? These guys would be like, "Yo, Nick, how many cartwheels can you throw in one solo?" And I'd be like, "Oh, bro, like at least eight <laughs> And then the other thing with it was they were always like, "We always would have an early show, like say like eight a.m., eight thirty, like assembly, right? Would be yeah. the first one of the day." Yeah. And like, I would often meet you in the morning at like six. And like I'm not a morning person. I just yeah. be miserable. I'm just like this yeah, is yeah. the worst. But like it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was fun gigs. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the worst. But like I'm just mm-hmm. a bad morning person. Yeah, yeah. And so that made it fun because we we're just like there, just like okay, like stuff yeah. like that. But we had a yeah. lot of fun doing that. But it's like it, it just kind of reminds me of because I started watching wrestling again in the last like couple years, and uh, just hearing like the behind the scenes stories, the things that go on, and like. One of the things was, um, I think it was like during the Attitude Era or whatever, when like The Rock and Stone Cold were having their feud and it would be like The Rock would do some crap and then Stone Cold would come out and eventually he'd get hit, uh, he'd hit The Rock with a stunner and uh, The Rock would do this like weird, he'd like get hit, fall back, roll back and like pop up into a handstand. And like fall up and like pop out of it and fall. And and it was so ridiculous and over the top. And then you hear the backstory and it was like it was like a challenge between the two of like how ridiculous uh... could he make the cell on like the stunner? And like every time it got more and more ridiculous and like 
Yeah, it was so good. But it just reminded me of this kind of thing. That's that's essentially what we were doing. Yeah. Because it, it makes it fun, right? It's like it's like let's have some fun. But yeah. I remember <clears throat> you guys always being like before the shows, be like, man, like you're warming up. And I'm like, I'd be like half asleep, like, yeah, gotta do it. <laughs> gotta warm up. I I, <laughs> so, I think you know, we were we were we were all right with that with i think you just maybe took it serious and i remember like trevor trevor was like a popper but he's definitely not a morning person too and he had his like stupid warm-up that he would do where he'd like slow jog around <laughs> around the dude gym. he would it was like just, i call yeah oh my god i call trev t-roy by the way for anyone who knows trevor yeah he would just be like jogging like these little like half steps and i'm looking at him and i hate mornings too i'm looking at him i'm like man that looks painful <laughs> like you're just like you're just oozing like discomfort right now <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but anyway we had fun we had fun dude yeah those are good memories like yeah i think uh you know they were they were kind of cheesy shows but and they they could have paid a little better or or just you know the whole situation in general could have been more ideal but you know it was what it was and and there were good times to be had and yeah it's good experience sure. yeah lots of smack talking on the drives <laughs> nick probably taking all sorts of naps like you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, and then it was i would go times. uh i'll go to the gym after and and uh train and work yeah that's, that's right. right yeah I remember Those are the um, days. you and uh, Rena. Rena was our resident whacker. Totally. Yeah. You guys annoyed each other like like dogs and cats. Oh uh, yeah. Well, Rena loves cats. I love dogs, yeah. and so that just like started the feud. <laughs> and uh, I love Rena though. We get along great, but you know yeah. we we would go back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you were driving, and then it was like the kids bickering. Something like that. Yeah. It was bas- It was kind of like that. Like you yeah. know, it was like we were like little kids. Like, ah, he's on my side. Yeah, yeah. Which I probably yeah. was. I probably yeah. was. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, man, no yeah. great times. Yeah. Anyways, is that uh, that kind of sums up uh, the discussion. Yeah, I think. I so. was going to ask you, Dean. Where did you get your hat from? I just wanted. To, I was, I've been wondering about that for like an hour. This was a. An old nine release. Oh, sweet. Okay. So they did. They did three. Oh, sick. This was when I think Nix was like living in Amsterdam, so they had the kind of three parts of nine at the time, which was like Vancouver, where it started, Amsterdam, where it was like existing at that time, and then Tokyo, which was like where he was potentially kind of moving into and he had like a partner in Tokyo that was kind of like handling nine in in Japan. So they had like a, a triple, there's a V then a and a T. Yeah. I get it. Wow. Yeah. I like, I like green represents Vancouver. Well, it's like lots of forest trees and stuff. Although I remember giving Nick shit for this. It was like, why did you pick, like gold and purple for the for the letters. That's like Lakers colors. Totally, um, that is like Lakers colors. Yeah, but at the mm. end of the day, it kind of doesn't matter, and it's just like 
why do you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. represent it this way why do you have to do it this way it was just like oh it's cool it's, colors it's a sick hat it's a sick yeah hat. i like it and uh it's it's got all these gross mild like sweat stains which is kind of oh yeah as it should i, I guess those hats tend to accumulate over the years yeah yeah I, that, and that's the good stuff you know that's the stuff that matters <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like it's so hard to find a hat that's like i like i don't like the 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 box like not to talk shit about your hat right now yeah you like, are talking a little shit yeah but i personally am not a fan of like the boxy kind of hard front i like the the floppy like dad hat kind of stuff you're, you're, yeah you're a floppy hat guy yeah i'm a floppy hat guy I those that's a five panel, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think you call five panels. I look like an absolute moron in a five panel. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, no, no, seriously, like I or, said that in Georgia. It's, it's it's the same style as like a hard, hard. Oh, it's not a five one. panel. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but it's just floppy, and like the yeah, material it's... is like this. I don't know what the hell this is. It's like. Uh, quick dry kind of oh, okay let's see this that doesn't help at all lovely oh no you actually got a good focus on that for a second yeah yeah well i mean that's a, it's a great hat you know yeah. yeah um i was just yeah i was sitting here just thinking like wow what's 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 the deal with dean's hat where'd you get that from well you know yeah. we're, we're getting to the real issues here <laughs> you, well this is the thing you know <laughs> yeah i'm sitting here with the the good old the cock rooster hat yeah and uh I was just what is curious. that what is that by the way oh is that lecoq uh, this here ah yeah. lecoq sportif yeah. no it uh it is a coffee shop in toronto called rooster cafe nice nice and they got a couple of locations to make a damn good cup of joe and i like to go there there's a big hill actually where you can like it's a nice view of the city from the what would that be from the east side i think mm -hmm. and then you could do like uh, hill sprints in a park, great little hill sprint spot. There's like pull up bars, and then there's this coffee shop. I heard and that coffee so, is like a decent thing to have before you, before you work out or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Caffeine. A little, little bit is, of caffeine. A little bit of caffeine. Yeah. There's a point <clears throat> where more is not better type thing. Like, mm -hmm. but uh, caffeine is like a stimulant and can aid in even like muscular contraction, for instance. It can actually increase um the force a muscle can produce um so yeah i mean the small percentages right nothing crazy yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah most most good uh, pre-workouts would contain some sort of caffeine and in fact like with a lot of my clients i i actually urge them not even to buy like a post-workout necessarily like there's a lot of other stimulants and stuff in them that may or may not be good but just like if you like coffee have a, have an espresso shot right on yeah. 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 So you heard it here. Uh, future sponsor of Freestyle Session is, I don't know, Starbucks or something like that. I was gonna say like, like let's not make it Starbucks, but yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about coffee. So. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get Rooster Cafe. Yeah. Actually, shut it. This this coffee that I'm slowly sipping on is from another one of my favorites in Toronto called Sorry Cafe. Oh, it's very cute. Yeah, you can see the elephant is is stealing the coffee from the man. And uh, it says sorry, because I I don't know who's sorry the elephant or the man probably the elephant. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but should be sorry, sorry cafe. Stealing. Yeah, these guys these guys also make a great cup of joe. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah, uh, shout out. 
why don't, why don't we finish it there? We're starting to go off. Okay. Into, into, yeah, we're, we're going off. We're going off into like um, conversation Pluto, you know, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, you can tell this is like a. This, yeah, you can tell this is the end of like a ten-hour training day for me, and I'm like doing this hard. So I apologize if you just no. listen to all that garbage. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I think yeah, there was a lot of cool things and a lot of interesting things, and uh, I'm really excited to see just what goes on with your your personal stuff with breaking Canada and then the Olympics and breaking, but also just Canada in general and <clears throat> and where that's headed and and just the future of breaking. I think it's a really cool time to be alive. And, a lot of cool people taking the initiative to build stuff to push things it's really cool if if you if uh you were needing to use that as an outro it like really froze just so you know <laughs> well i think on my end it'll be all right <laughs> <laughs> um so, uh if there's if people want to like you know follow follow you and you know just see what's going on and and things like that or even have some way of contacting you if they want to get training like what are some what are some of the ways that they can they can get in touch yeah probably the easiest is just like through instagram mm -hmm. um so just nick robinson underscore gws for my crew mm -hmm. cool. uh, and uh yeah send if you really want assistance with something send coffee mm -hmm. and i'll probably respond <laughs> okay, probably <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, if people want to get get serious about their their training and no, stuff, totally. Nick's a good resource. Yeah, yeah, totally. You can reach out. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. I can always send uh, even just resources or suggestions. Like you know, yeah. all good. So and even just yeah. watching your your stories and stuff is entertaining. You do some stupid stuff on there. I just do some some dumb things. And, what is yeah. that? You, 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 I don't know if you're still doing it, but you would flex and be like, boom, or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We got, we got that guy. That's a big one. Lately, we've been doing like the zoom in and like that. Like the zoom in on the, on the mustache, you know? Gross. It's pretty disgusting. But uh, all sorts of shenanigans, you know? Coffee, workouts, dogs. That's yeah, basically my yeah. feed. Nice, nice. Well, anyway, uh, thank yeah, you so dude, much. Thanks for, for having me yeah thanks so much for sharing and um again give give them a follow and hit them up for training stuff and good luck with everything in the future with breaking canada and just your business in general and training and thanks again for coming on really appreciate it dude thanks for having me it's good to catch yeah. up and for everyone listening watching thank you for doing that and uh always appreciate it we'll catch you in the next one Peace, everybody. Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed the talk. If you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash razzyf2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way, and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.